Riverside. What's going on? Episode 20, Backside Ground Ball Pod. Today's Monday. Is that wrong again? Am I wrong again? Is it 19? We just recorded yesterday. And you got it right. What episode is it? 19. Episode 19. It's crazy how bad I am at that. Some people would say it makes me non detail oriented. It just doesn't matter. Everyone relax. It's, it's Monday, October 10th. It's the eve of the NLDS. However, however, congratulations to the 2022 New York Metropolitans, led by Buck Showalter. The most feared one-two in baseball, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer. An offense, Trevor, that doesn't strike out. Jeff McNeil puts the ball in play. Eduardo Escobar puts the ball in play. Mark Canna puts the ball in play. Brandon Nimmo, the Mets' best leadoff hitter of all time. Francisco Lindor, the $500 million man, the shortstop. The best shortstop ever. The bells are ringing for them. They are your 2022 mid-season July World Series champions of baseball. They took four or five from Atlanta in the beginning of August, which means they won the World Series. It was over. Anything that happened after that series the first weekend in August didn't matter. It didn't matter to anyone. All that mattered was that they won that series. They're going to hoist the banner opening day next year. This is what Mets fans have been waiting for since 1986. They finally did it. The ghosts of 2015 are gone. Lucas Duda couldn't make the throw. The 2007 Mets with Delgado and Beltran, the collapse that they had, gone because they won four or five from the Braves in the regular season. They were the better team. And all these other teams are playing I don't know why they're going to keep playing. Something called a division series. Never heard of it. Because guess what? All you idiots who are still playing baseball, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, the home run derby king, he gets to play golf for the next two months uninterrupted by anything. Congratulations to them. Trevor, I think we have to ask, is this the best team ever assembled in baseball history? I mean, it has to be. You know, Christmas in July, World Series in July, they're the same thing. You know, you just get a little excited and, and, you know, they get to hang that banner. You know, like in, in A ball, when, when the Wilmington Blue Rocks get the bid to the playoffs for the first half division champs, New York Mets next year, hanging up in the outfield, 2022 midseason World Series champs. Unbelievable. I mean, so. The Mets lose in three to the Padres in the wild card round. They bow out after winning 101 games, after having a guy come play a walkout song live on field. Everyone, they were the darlings of Major League Baseball this year. Everyone loved them. They loved the team that was put together by Steve Cohen and his henchmen. Buck Showalter was out, as you heard last night, live on air. Showalter had. 
Alfonso Marquez checking Joe Musgrove for foreign substances because they were in such desperate measures in game three because they did what the New York Mets always do. And they came out lifeless in a must-win game. And it all started to me when they decided to mess around and talk about not throwing the best pitcher in the world. In the wild card round, they're going to try and save him for the DS, even though they was not a guarantee to get there. We talked about it on Friday. We talked about how good the Padres are. We talked about the fact that the Padres are loaded with stars in their lineups. And it honestly wasn't even the stars that won in the series. Trent Grisham was probably the MVP of that series for the Padres. But the Mets he come was. up small again. Yep. They get one hit in a winner-go-home game at home, shut out. They couldn't even get a sellout crowd. And all summer from April and, – and what I can't stand too is all the fans that I'm seeing on Twitter today talking about, this is what they always do. Who didn't see this coming? They always collapse. They'll never be good. All season, all I had to talk and, and read and, and hear about was how good this Mets team was, how they were World Series favorites. They were better than the Dodgers. They were better than the Astros. The Yankees were the ones that were collapsing this year. It wasn't them. They finally had a real team. And you and I warned people all along that, yes, they were good, and they were playing good baseball at the time, but that lineup wasn't built to win in the playoffs. Guess what? It didn't. It didn't win. They couldn't even get out of the wild card round. They got to host yeah. a three game, a three game series in which you have what people feel like is the best one two in baseball available to throw. You throw your number two game one, and then you have to come back with your number one game two to just force a game three. I don't know, Trevor. The Philadelphia Phillies, who got mocked by most Mets fans, went to St. Louis through their one and two in a short series and won. Yeah. I didn't mean, overcomplicate from, it. They didn't get no. cute. And guess what? Because they wrapped it up in two games, Zach Wheeler gets to throw game two in the DS, and Aaron Nola gets to get throw game three. And give themselves a fighting chance with two of the best pitchers in the world on the mound, which is what everybody thought the Mets were, were lined up to do. And when you say that offense didn't get it done, that offense didn't show up. You got one hit, foreign substance or, or not. Like, newsflash – Everybody in the MLB is still using foreign substances. Does I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know why they're getting away with it. Have you seen the umpires that meet those guys on the walk back to the dugout? It's like a. It's basically like here. Oh, yep. See ya. Yep. All right. Whatever. They're not going to do anything. It's. It was a mess last year when they put it in and got. You know they put the second rosin bag out there, which is a lot stickier. But that's a conversation for completely another day. But. That's what their offense was relying on, was hoping that not Max Scherzer got ejected, not Jacob deGrom got ejected, not the ghost of Madison Bumgarner. Like you would think that freaking Nolan Ryan was out there punching tickets by how the reaction was that like Joe Musgrove was the difference in the series. And Joe Musgrove is great. He was great. He was phenomenal. But that shows what your offense is. When you're relying on getting Joe Musgrove out of the game, kind of sleazeball-y because his ears are a little shiny, right? Their offense didn't show up. We've heard how great that team was built, you know, fit and all those things like that. And we had talked about it. You know, I did think the sure. moves, you know, the fit part, you know, the Vogel back because they needed that thump. But I just sat there and thought that, you know, while they do need the thump, is Vogel back the guy that's going to get it done? You know, and and that's the 
that's the toughest part is you look back at that lineup is where did they go wrong? And, and it's, it's tough. It's tough to see. Right. And we also sat here at the deadline and talked about how they didn't do enough and we were right. Um, but that's yeah. all I got for the Mets. Uh, no, no need to talk about yeah, them until done. next year. Thank goodness. I don't have to talk about them anymore. Um, we'll, we're going to preview the NLDS today. We'll give our predictions. We'll give our key players. We'll talk about these series. We'll break them down the best we can. Hopefully, we sound as smart as we did um, in the wild card round because, as we talked last night, a lot of these series kind of went how we had thought they would, um, and they were great. I mean, they were super entertaining, all of them. Even though only one series went to three games, they were all different, and they were all um, exciting. You had the collapse in St. Louis in the ninth. You had the collapse in Toronto in game two. You had um, just some of the best pitching you'll see in the postseason in that Rays-Guardians matchup. And and then in, there was all the drama and theatrics in the Mets-Padres. So none of them disappointed. And looking down the list here, I think we're going to see a lot of the same things. Let's start with the, the Padres and the Dodgers. I think one of the interesting notes here when you look through this is three of the four series are in-division matchups, which is rare. And I think it's going to add an element to the postseason um, of just these teams know each other so well. They've played 19 times already, and now they get to now you get a short series, a best of five, to to you know battle it out, and that's going to make it really exciting. Um, so let's start with the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, obviously, the Dodgers won 111 games. They they're going to host throughout here. So game one um, is in LA. What do you got on this? Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how the the Padres parlay this into potentially turning, you know, a big series win that a lot of people didn't think they were going to walk out of uh, Queens with a win and see if they can parlay it into some momentum. I know the broadcast yesterday said, um, you know, something about comparing them to the Braves and everything like that, but... You know, I don't think they're the Braves. I don't think they have the talent offensively that the Braves have. You know, they have kind of their two guys, but I felt like the Braves were a lot deeper. There was a lot more to uh, kind of hang your hat on. Um, and just kind of from that standpoint, and the Dodgers are, are really, really good. You know, I know we've said this time and time again, I, but the Dodgers are the deepest team. They're the best team. They're the most talented team. And I would say that the the Padres' luck is is going to run out. I think that, from my perspective, in all honesty, the Mets would probably have a better chance against this team. But you know, if if Blake Snell can throw strikes, it'll be a good series. Um, but I just have a hard time believing that that the Padres are going to you know find a way to to win this one. I think it's going to be all Dodgers. I think the Dodgers have the Padres' number. It's like the little brother you know, fighting the big brother, it never goes well. Yeah. I, I, it's so, it's going to be so hard throughout the playoffs to pick against the Dodgers. Even when you get to yeah. the CS, no matter who they play. And then when you get to the world series, it's going to be so hard to, to, to pick against them. And it's for a million and a half reasons, right? It's because they have so much lineup depth. They have starting pitching depth. They have a good bullpen. They have Dave Roberts. They have a bunch of guys who have been in these situations before, right? And, and the additions that they've made, like you bring in a guy like Freddie Freeman. So not only is Freddie Freeman one of the best players in the game, best offensive first baseman that we've seen in a long time, but he's also a guy who's been in the playoffs a ton and finally broke through and won a World Series last year, 
right? In 2020, mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger, who obviously hasn't been the same since MVP year, but he was fantastic in those playoffs. I mean, Justin Turner has big playoff moments. Mookie Betts has big playoff moments. You just go like throughout this whole roster, there's guys who have the experience. And Dave Roberts is the same thing. He's managing a million playoff series now. So it's hard, so hard to pick against them. On the other hand, though, we talked a little bit last night about it, and some of these teams who have now advanced to the DS and haven't been waiting, sure, they're at a slight disadvantage in the fact that maybe their pitching isn't lined up according to exact, you know, exactly how you want it, right? A lot of these teams have to throw their three or four in game, in game one, but fine. They have the confidence of we just won a playoff series. We know we belong. We just won. We're rolling in hot. We got to pop. We had an extra day of popping champagne bottles, feeling good, growing closer as a team. And, and the Padres have the star power to compete in this series, right? Yeah. You know, Juan Soto and Manny Machado, like those guys aren't going to back down from anyone. They don't care that they're playing the Dodgers. Machado was a Dodger. Soto has feasted on them in the postseason before. So that's what makes this one really exciting to me because it's not, you know, you look at some of these other series with, um, with you know, the, the wild card winners and you go, man, they just don't match up. They don't match up with, with these other, with these other teams. And I, I think that's what makes it tough to kind of predict an upset here. But even so for me, it's, it's, it's going to come down to the, the Padres starting pitching because yes. the offense is right. The, it's going to be tight. It's going to be like that guardians race series. You know, the offenses aren't going to be putting up big numbers for you. Like it's going to be a Soto two run Homer. Right, mm-hmm. that's going to be your big swing, a, a, a bases clearing double, a two-run homer when you get that opportunity. So you better hope your starting pitching is matching zeros. Yeah, definitely, and and you can't have Blake Snell be the Blake Snell that he was in at City Field on on Saturday right. night. I mean, that was. I said to you, he's excruciating to watch because you know you see a guy go middle middle fastball, swing and miss, gross slider, bouncing it, curveball, making good disciplined hitters just swing and miss and you're just like dude like if only you could rein it in a little bit it would be just I mean he what he was in the second half and I don't know if the the moment I don't know you know when he loses it he absolutely loses it and that's just a matter of fact that's always been the case for him so you know it's just kind of going to be important to see if he can rein, regain what he was obviously down the stretch for them because Musgrove obviously showed he's nails you know he walked into a, a, a very hostile environment got a lot of you know booze and animosity thrown his way and he's he was like I got this pepper hanging off my my chain of my around my neck and and I'm still gonna sit here and shove it so um you know and obviously you Darvish is as consistent as as anybody can get in this league so um, you know, they're pitching, being able to hold the dot. Like if they're, if you're telling me there's a team that scores 10 runs, like I know the, the Padres had a couple, you know, lopsided numbers, big numbers in this past series against the Mets. Um, but if you're telling me a team's consistently scoring five, six runs in this series, I'm, I'm assuming that it's that Dodgers lineup in there and they're rolling out, you know, and just top to bottom, those guys are, are performing at the level that they're capable of performing when you have Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Justin Turner, you know, the list goes on Trey Turner, uh, Will Smith and everybody like that. Without a doubt, which is why I think the Padres pitching, like the starting pitching and it it is going to have to be huge for them because like you said, it's, you're not going to get a lot, right? The Dodgers are going to be able to hold the Padres in check. I think, I think their starting pitching is deep enough. 
Their bullpen is going to be deep enough. They're always super creative in how they deploy their bullpen in the postseason. They don't always have the deepest bullpen. And like, there's questions with Kimbrell on the back end. And they've obviously had some injuries, um, which we've talked about before, which made it so impressive. But Dave Roberts is just, he, like Francona, just knows when to pull the plug, when to send a guy back yeah. out, when to pull the plug on a guy, right? Like, okay, yeah. you've given us everything. He's not going to try and stretch Kershaw to that eighth inning that we've seen in the past. Um, mm-hmm. That's bitten them. Like, he gets it now, and, and it's like, okay, he's 18 outs. Go ahead. Let's let's turn it over. So the, the Padres are going to have to be able to match that on the other end. It's yep. huge that Josh Hader threw one inning in that wild card series because I mm-hmm. think Josh Hader has to be become, you know, one of the X factors here. Um, yep. And it'll be interesting to see. The Dodgers were 14-5 and five against the Padres this year. And if you look over the last three seasons, they've dominated the Padres. Even though the Padres mm-hmm. have been ascending, the Padres ha- or the Dodgers have their number. So it's it's going to be t- – that doesn't always me- guarantee you anything in, in the playoffs. I understand that. Uh, a couple years ago, the, the Cubs – I think it was in 15, right? The Cubs had, had beaten the Mets seven times during the regular season and then got swept mm-hmm. by them in the, in the CS. Yep. So it doesn't guarantee you anything, but because they're so familiar with each other, the Dodgers have that extra edge of like that mental. We're fourteen and five against these guys. We know how to beat them. We've seen. We've taken their best shot, and we've silenced them time and time again. Yeah, and and you know, speaking of twenty fifteen with the Mets, it's, it's going to take a Daniel Murphy like performance from a Juan Soto or a Manny Machado. And I know Manny Machado looked banged up at the at the end of the game there, but like. I think that's how big the gap is, is like Juan Soto's got to be like the guy. And I mean, those last two games, he swung it phenomenal. Um, You know, I think he still obviously has some, you know, he slumped this whole year. And I think he's still working through some things is the best way to say it. But you can tell that he doesn't care what he hit this year. He doesn't care that he struggled. He doesn't care that he got traded. He doesn't care about any of that. The only thing he cares about at this point in time is absolutely getting in that batter's box and battling, you know, battling his heart out and showing what he is being Juan Soto, being the guy he's talking, laying down sackballs. Yeah. Well, that, that was an interesting, (laughs) you know, but then he has the big two run single, which is what you want him to do in that situation that, that put him up six, nothing. But, you know, you, he's going to have to get back to, I mean, he hit 333 for the, for this, for the three games. So, but with no power, but, you know, lots of RBIs, you know, in big situations, he's got to be, he's got to take that next step and start to, to kind of lose some balls, you know, not the balls that, you know, he kind of top spins to the pull side. He's got to be able to get, get air under those and, and start to hit two, three run home runs. Yeah, I mean they're going to need them. Give me your, uh, give me your your key players and your uh, your picks. My key player for the Padres is Blake Snell. Um, like I said, I mean I was obviously I thought he was a good matchup against the Mets. Um, I I think he still would have struck out if he had command of his stuff. He would have went five six with with a lot of strikeouts and he would have been very dominant. I mean it takes six walks, you know, to to knock him out in that situation for that Mets offense. This Dodgers offense is a completely different beast. They can platoon you. They can, they can do it to you in, in a billion different ways. It's a, it's a million death by cuts um, or death by a million cuts with, with the Dodgers team because of how many ways they can beat you and how many guys they send out there. But if Blake Snell can come out there and be the second half Blake Snell 
it's going to flip the that's a swing game right there because you know what you're getting out of Musgrove. You know what you're getting out of you Darvish. Now Blake Snell is the guy that's the hot and cold. He could either be what Musgrove was in game three or in lay an egg. Like, you know, he could be Scherzer in game one. Like that is the Blake Snell experience and they need good Blake Snell if they have any hope of, you know, winning a series because, you know, if that Dodgers team can cannot hang a, a crooked number up on him and, and they can grab a game there. Um and then from the Dodgers standpoint, I, I just think it's the collection of of whatever arms they're gonna utilize in that bullpen, whether it's Craig Kimbrell in the ninth, whether it's, you know, somebody with disgusting stuff that they're putting a lot of faith in. I think if there's any hole, quote unquote, it is the back end of that bullpen in terms of just the the uncertainty. Obviously Craig Kimbrell has the pulse, but his stuff does not play the way it used to. So obviously this is going to be, you know, about big outs, big hits, big timing and and all this stuff like that. So being able to get those outs at the back end somewhere with a guy like Kimbrell or any of the other arms that they're able to deploy out there. If Blake Trinan even makes the roster, those guys like that, you know, being able to get those big outs, that'll be the difference. If if they if their bullpen locks it down, I don't I don't think it'll be part particularly close i wouldn't be surprised if it was a dodger sweep at that point is that what is that what you got yeah i'm I'm gonna go dodgers in four um i'm gonna give the the padres they have momentum you have the dodgers you know they've the padres have faced adversity they've had the adrenaline pump in they've they've had the big hit they've all been in the big moment right now coming off that high I think they're going to take one of the first two. Um, I think the Dodgers are obviously going to come out. You know, it's, it's they're on Malibu time. You know, they're always on Malibu time, but it's hard when it's sunny in 75 in, in Southern California and you got your feet kicked up with your wife and kids to not get too comfortable um, and, and turn it back on per se. And obviously for how long they've been clinched, you know, the Padres have been fighting for their lives. So I think those first two games are going to be tough, you know, in terms of the Padres might have that momentum carried over, but I do think the Dodgers control the series, whether they lose one of those first two, I I do think they win three out of four. So do you think the, the momentum of playing fact is, is more important than the rest in all these series? No, I don't think so. I just think when, like I said, I, it's, it's different when you're in, like I said, I mean, it's just the human element from my perspective. Like when you are in Southern California and you do get to see your kids and Freddie Freeman gets to take his daughter and his wife out to the beach and they get to have a good time and enjoy what would, you know, is mostly be in the off season. Like you kind of, you're kind of cruising and you get comfortable, you know what I'm saying? Like you're so disciplined for 180 days to play 162 games and, you know, to kick it back on, I do think it takes a second. You know, I, I think it, but in terms of the, you know, and the Padres have been playing for their lives for two weeks. It's not like, you know, these teams that have been clinched for a while or, or situation like that. So I would always prefer the rest. I know I've said that before. I think any professional athlete would prefer the rest, but you know, you got to get your heart rate up and blood pumping every so often. And, and there's only so much right. you can do outside of that environment where the Padres are coming out of Queens, you know, with a lot of, you know, FUs and, and slander being thrown their way through that whole series. And, and they're going to be ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I agree. I, I hate to be the person that fact checks here, but Freddie Freeman has three sons. Three sons. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have the I have the Dodgers in four here too. 
Um, and for me to hear the keys to the Dodgers, they're the Dodgers. Those are the key players, the Dodgers. Yeah. Like they, they, they have so much. It can be anyone. And it's just, they just need yeah. to go out there and be the 111 win team that's better and they're going to win this series. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they just go out there and execute and everyone does their job and no one needs to be a hero. Honestly, like they can win. I think they can win the series. I think the Padres will probably steal one just because, you know, it's hard to predict a sweep when um, you're talking about division matchups because these teams have seen each other so much and these teams uh, are postseason teams. So they're all good. So when you look at all these division matchups, every team that's in it is good um, and they all deserve to be there. So it's, it's tough to predict a sweep for me, but. I just think the Dodgers are going to be too much for them. And again, at 14 and five against them this year. And that matters to me. Um, and then on the Padres side, if they are going to win a game or even push it, it's for me, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's I, I, two guys. I'm going to go with Clevenger instead of Snell, just because Clevenger is probably going to start game one. And it's going to be huge for them to get off on the right foot in this series. Cause if they come out, and surprise the Dodgers in game one, and he lights it up and, and fills it up with a bunch of zeros, and he's running a, a bagel factory. Again, the confidence they build at Queens, it would just only grow. And the other guy is Soto, right? Like, this is it. You, you, this is why they brought you here. The last round, Trent Grissom can be the MVP, and you can win that series. Joe Musgrove can go out there and one-hit the team. It's not those two guys aren't going to have aren't going to be able to be the ones to lead them to a, to a series win. You're going to need Juan Soto to be Juan Soto when you're facing a team as deep as the Dodgers. You're going to need mm-hmm. him to rewind the clock to 19 in order for them to win it. Um, and you talked about this a lot when we talked about the wild card. The star players have to show up. And for me, in a series yep. like this, it's it's even more imperative because mm-hmm. you are the underdogs. You're trying to knock off the beast team that won the most games in baseball all this year. If you're going to try and send them home this early in the postseason in the DS in a short series where the Dodgers have been automatic the last six years, five years, this will be year six, Mm -hmm. you're going to need something special. So give me the Dodgers before. And just, just to build off that, there's nobody on that Dodgers staff, there's nobody on that Dodgers team that is going to shy away from Juan Soto either. So like no. you're gonna get each and every one of their arms best stuff, and they're gonna come. They want they want to get you out. Like that's what they want. Each each and every guy in that clubhouse thinks they have the capabilities and the stuff to get Juan Soto out in a big situation. Clayton Kershaw is going to have a vengeance for Juan Soto. He's going to be dialed in. He's going to be mouth breathing when Juan Soto walks to the plate because of the demons of 2019 and that home run he gave up right after giving up the home run to Anthony Rendon to give away the lead. And obviously put the Nationals in the driver's seat for, you know, the extra inning win when Howie Kendrick hit that grand slam. So, you know, if you don't think that they like they aren't looking at 240, I know never in the big leagues do they Mm -hmm. look at your numbers and your struggles and and kind of make an assumption of you at that time. But not when you have his resume. Yeah, exactly. And that team, that team, especially that staff, you know, that coaching staff, everybody remembers what he did to them in 2019 and Clayton Kershaw specifically is going to make sure that each and every one of those pitchers is dialed in and focused and saying like, dude, don't think this dude is slumping. I know we might've got his number down the stretch, but he is a ticking time bomb waiting to go off whenever he steps in a batter's box. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun. Even if the Dodgers do wrap it up in four, like it's, I don't expect any of these series to really get too out of hand. Um, Again, I definitely think there are teams here with advantages, but it's it's going to be tight. And if Soto shows up, anything can happen. If, if that Juan Soto appears, it can, anything will happen. Um, let's go to the next NL series, right? Um, 
Braves and Phillies. Obviously, the Braves stormed back. They have so much momentum. They were playing down the stretch, right, to lock up the East. They've already played in almost what was a playoff series against the Mets when they swept them in Atlanta a couple weekends ago now. The Phillies are are rolling with a ton of confidence, much like the Padres after the sweep in St. Louis, where they executed exactly what they had hoped to happen. Um, and they're going to get a. There's going to be a home playoff game in Philadelphia for the first time since 2011, and so that's going to be a tough environment for the Braves to play in. Um, just real quick, some interesting things, and I'll turn it over to you. Uh, Braves went 11 and eight against them this year. All right, so the Phillies played them pretty tough. And in a matter of fact, as the Phillies have tried to find their footing the last couple of years, so since 2020, I guess, or 2019, sorry, because it's a short year in 20, um, the Braves are 31 and 26 against the Phillies. That is the best mark of any NL East team against the Braves. Um, there's those 26 wins for the Phillies. So although it seems like the Braves are leaps and bounds above the Phillies, the Phillies have experience um, winning against the Braves. Yeah, I, I, like you said, I mean, the stats prove that obviously these have been really good series. These are teams they get up for each other. Their fan bases hate each other. There's obviously a lot of history with, you know, obviously the Braves have been so good for so long and, and been on these stretches. And the Phillies obviously had their really good stretch there at the late 2000s. They were kind of the first ones to knock that that Braves dynasty off and, and kind of get going in the NL East and, and kind of, you know, knock the Braves from that that, you know, peak that they were on, but you know, I, this series is tough for me in terms of prediction wise. Um, you know, I, I think I wouldn't count out Wheeler and Nola and, and obviously they showed that nobody can count them out. I do think this Braves offense is different, you know, than the Cardinals offense. I think they're different than a lot of teams in the major leagues. They do a lot well. They're deep. They're, you know, they can beat you in a, in a ton of different ways. You know, they really don't miss Freddie Freeman as much as people want them to. They have Ronald Acuna back, you know, all the, all the factors that play into it. And, you know, so I think it's going to be a well-played series. I think it's a lot of, it's going to be a lot of close games, you know, in terms of, of, Prediction wise, I could see it ending in three, or I could see it going five. Now, I don't see the Phillies winning in that situation. Um, I could see them getting to the opportunity to win. You know, if you know, let's say the Braves take Game One, Wheeler and Nola do what they did in the in the Wild Card series, and the Braves kind of have to grit their teeth and win two very important games to finish it out. I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case. But you know, it's going to be a lot of good baseball. I think their games are going to be close. I think there's going to be a lot of you know big hits from from guys like Harper, Schwarber, Hoskins, Bomb. You know those guys, and obviously you know Olson's getting hot. He was white hot down the stretch. He was he was playing just at an, uh, another level in it. And if the Braves get him going, you know that that lineup is just scary deep and and, and scary capable. It seems like Ronald Acuna is starting to get his power stroke a little bit back, and and Dansby's just Dansby. And I think that's says a lot about about what he does for that team yeah and I think what what scares you if you're a Phillies fan is is this series is going to be extremely tight not that the Cardinals wasn't but now it's five games and the yep. bullpen's going to play a much bigger factor and it's going to have to be more, for more games right if you keep trying to run the same three four guys out there I just don't know that they're going to have the arms to do it right and shoot they're closing a guy who had never had he had had one relief appearance before like a couple weeks ago when he got off the aisle and Zach Eflin. And so the Braves, on the other hand, their bullpen came into form in September and it was the best bullpen yep. in baseball for the last month of the year. And 
they're going to not only are they going to match their good starting pitching, but they're going to have a bullpen that isn't going to have the meltdown that you that you got in game one against St. Louis. And again, if, if St. Louis is is three outs away from winning game one, and I think we're talking about a Cardinals Braves series if that had happened. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can bank on Nola Wheeler, but it would, it would scare me as a Phillies fan. If it's like, okay, if we're playing these tight games again, and it's, it's, we're, we're talking about bullpen games from the sixth inning on and all these series, and that's, what's going to decide it. Well, I'm not feeling very good right now. You never know the offense can explode. But again, when you get deeper into the playoffs, it's, you're not going to club your way to a world series title. Right. No one's done it since Murderer's Row, right? The Yankees in 1927. So, like, for me, that's what would scare me as a Phillies fan. But on the on the flip side, again, you just have so much confidence if you're the Phillies right now, and they're clearly a group who's who's kind of defying the narrative about them, right? Mm-hmm. When spring training broke and you looked at the, the teams in this division, everyone didn't like the Phillies because they didn't think they could play defense. They didn't think they were going to have a bullpen that could that that would you know, especially after why would you after the last two years? I get it. But they Mm -hmm. thought that no defense, no bullpen, this isn't even going to be a playoff team. They're going to have to club their way to it. Okay, they did that, but then they didn't always have the top-notch offense. They did it with starting pitching. And then they won that Cardinals series with pitching and defense. I mean, they played unbelievable defense in that Cardinals series, better defense than the Cardinals, and that's what won them the series. So, again, if if you're the Phillies, you're kind of like that. You like where you're at because I don't think anybody's going to give you a chance, much like most people – you know, outside of really, I feel like me and you, I heard most people talking about the Cardinals were going to win that series. And again, everyone's going to be picking the Braves. And if you get into a situation where you've hung tight because you're starting pitching, well, guess what? You get a couple guys on and number three walks to the plate or Kyle Schwarber get, catches one or Nick Castellanos or JT Realmuto. Like the names in that lineup, it's possible. Like there's an avenue here to win the series. Again, just like there was with the Cardinals. It's much harder, but it's there. It's there. And, and Ranger Suarez goes in game one and, and Ranger Suarez had, had back-to-back starts against the Braves in September and he went 13 innings and gave up one run. Right, when the second yeah. time he started, the bullpen blew the first one for him, and the second time he started, he threw six shutout innings, and the Phillies won a one nothing game. So they've done that against the Braves. You, a couple weeks ago, we're talking. So it's again, it's there, it's possible, but the Braves are dangerous. Yes, the Braves are. are dangerous. This is a team that won the World Series last year, and they're better. And we've been saying that since July. They're way better in my opinion and and take that what that's what it's worth um but it 100 they are way better i mean I, I i hate to act like that and and say it that way but i really just truly believe it i mean the, the young guys that have come up and and performed for him almost instantly you know michael harris is a budding superstar Spencer Strider, william Contreras, vaughn grisham like those guys are really good baseball players, and they the Braves did not have those guys, or really, quite frankly, anything close to those guys last season. Or, and then, or Ronald then, Acuna. <laughs> yeah, and then you factor in Acuna, and then and then just all this stuff like that. No Kenley Jansen, and I know Kenley Jansen wasn't good in August and early September, but great, he's great. pretty good down the stretch, and, and great that's what we kind of said when we were going through that, that stretch there is, you know, like – Hey, watch out for Kenley Jansen. Like, just watch out for Kenley Jansen because he's been there. He's done that. He's had bad stretches. And guess who's always there in the back end of the bullpen for every team he's ever played for? Because managers trust him. He knows himself better than anybody. So if it is going to be a lot of close games, you know, like, I don't – maybe you can answer this question. Why is Eflin closing? He doesn't have closer stuff. Is there any reason? 
Yeah, so they they tr- so absolutely. So what ended up happening was down the stretch, Dominguez goes on the IL with with tricep t- tendonitis. Dominguez comes off the IL and he he had not commanded the baseball well at all. He actually had yeah. two blow up outings, which really is only two bad outings of the year. Period. But they were worried because this is a guy that hadn't pitched in three years. So they they kind of moved him out of the higher leverage that ninth inning role because they couldn't when you're not throwing strikes, right? Like that especially come playoff time. You can't have a guy go out there, look at again, look at the Cardinals, right? Mm-hmm. Helsley loses the zone and it's over. Um yep. and so they were kind of worried and they didn't trust him. Now in game two against the Cardinals, they they put him back out there. They put their faith in him because they didn't have a choice and he came through and he finally had command of his slider and his fastball again. So if he's doing that, then yeah, you could realistically say it's him. And then Robertson, who would be your other option, right? Because Brad Hand was on the IL. Robertson, who's your other option, looked really tired down the stretch and he started walking a lot of guys. Yep. Eflin comes off the IL. They didn't have time to stretch him out. He's a, he's a strike thrower and he's a guy they trust from all the big innings he's thrown as a starting pitcher. So credit to Rob Thompson for getting creative and doing it. He doesn't have closer stuff, but he doesn't walk guys. So you're going to have yeah. to string and he doesn't really get touched by the long ball. So the, I kind of like backing your way into a closer that way almost of like, okay, well, in the playoffs, it's harder to, to string innings together as we've talked. Yeah. So let's, let's bring a guy out there in the ninth who throws strikes. Now, he gave up a run in game one and he gave up two singles in game two. I, it's a little risky, but yeah, for right now, it's, and again, if, if Dominguez has another one or two outings in this series that looked like it did against the Cardinals by the end of the series, if he has the ball in the ninth inning, don't be surprised. Yeah, no, I, it was interesting to see because obviously, you know, Eflin just – but the, what you said makes sense. I mean, the the only counter-argument, I guess you could say, is, well, two singles and a homer. Like, just because he doesn't 100%, get, bitten by the, 100%. get bitten by the long ball a lot doesn't mean he can't, you know what I'm saying? But you swallow like, it a little bit better if it's two yeah. singles and a homer than two walks oh, and a yeah. homer. Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. So – um, you know, that, and that's, that's when closers have a tendency to blow up too, but you know, it'll be really good baseball. I, I just think the Phillies are, you know, they have it a little bit right now. They have it rolling. They have a little bit of swagger. They're confident. You know, I think they trust in that clubhouse Ranger Suarez a lot more than the general public does because he was so good down the stretch for them. And then they think that they're going to hand the ball off to Nola and Wheeler and walk away with two victories. Like in their mind, they're probably like, if we get good Ranger Suarez, who's dominated the Braves before we're walking out of here, we're five and zero going to the NLCS. You know, and I'm sure they're that confident with it. You know, they they think they can ride all three of those guys to a to a pretty successful you know series and, and potentially a series victory. Um, you know, but they're obviously going to have to go toe to toe with a with some pretty good arms and, and a pretty good pretty good team. And if you rewind a year ago, and and it's only been two games, and we have a this this giant step that the Phillies will have to clear to do this. But a year ago, when you looked at the NLCS, right, you would have said the same thing. Right, you had an 88 win Braves team who got in, was riding a heater. Yep. And you said, wow, the Dodgers are just, you know, they're, they're way better than they were last year. They just won the World Series. They're healthier. They're the Dodgers. They won over 100 plus games. I don't know how the Braves get it done. They're going to have to go to LA first. They're going to have to do this. So it's possible. And, and the Phillies could almost be like the Braves in this situation, right? Yeah. The Phillies can be the Braves of last year where you're the team that, that you know, 
has good guys, but then you catch lightning in a bottle and you and you just get hot at the right time and you send guys out to the mound and Nolan Wheeler who can win you games single-handedly. And next thing you know, you find yourself in the next round and then in the next round and the next round. And I think we're getting ahead of ourselves if we talk about World Series with them. But the fact that there this isn't a slam dunk, there's an avenue. I think is my point. It's like it's, it's yeah. there's a hundred percent an avenue to win the series. Well, how many times have we sat there and looked back at the World Series winner and just been like, "Well, like where yeah. did that?" You know, like and like obviously everybody gushes over it, and then it becomes, "How do you win in the playoffs?" And you know that whole whatever that team you know, did BS right. narrative. That's like, oh, that's why they won. No, sometimes it's just it took them a little bit to figure out their own. You know, and to who figure they are, out yeah. their path and who they are as a team. And maybe it's young pieces continuing to grow. Phillies have that going for them. Rangers Suarez, Alec Bomb, Bryson Stott, like guys continuing to grow into mature veteran pieces that can be trusted and relied on. You know, that's one thing I know, obviously me and you are big college football fans, but that's the one thing that I do like about the expanded playoff is the fact that in college football, there is no coming into your own. Now I don't right. think we need to be 64. I don't need I don't even think it should go above 12 if it ever goes above, you know, that. But there are teams that play their best at the back end of a year. You know, they mm-hmm. find out this defensive end's better than the pass rusher than this guy. They find out that this young guy needed a couple extra months in the weight room and in the system and he becomes a superstar, you know. They need their offensive line to kind of get get figured out, fill in their gaps and doing all the things like that. And it's like, is that what the Phillies are right now at this point in time? Could it be? You, we could look back in a month and, and like you said, like the Braves, you know, you're like, oh, look at, I mean, even look at it now. Jorge Soler, you know, Eddie, like, Rosario. Eddie Rosario. It's like, no offense, Matt. Jock Peterson right? and Diaz, right? Yeah, when, when you have guys like <laughs> – on the Dodgers, like Mookie Betts, like Cody Ballinger, you Corey know, all Seager. those guys, Corey Seager, Trey Turner, like you're like, oh, this on paper, it's meh. But like, I mean, even looking at the Padres this past weekend, it's like next thing you know, Trent Grisham's and Jerks and Profars are valuable, more valuable big leaguers than their numbers this year say they should have been. And it's and when you're in a five game vacuum, that is just plain and simple why Baseball is the most unpredictable playoff. It just is. Right. You know, it does not matter what happens throughout the course of the year. 162 is different than a sprint. And in any, any given moment, at any given time, you know, it just takes one pitcher to have a good outing and one guy to get hot, you know, and it could be freaking Edmundo Sosa for all we know. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that that's what makes the game of baseball and specifically playoff baseball that much more unpredictable. Give me your uh, prediction and in, in X factors. I'm going to go Braves in four. I don't know. why I, I keep leaning toward, like I said, I think I, I I'm got I said it at the beginning of the point, I think I'm going Braves no matter what, whether it's three, whether it's five, I could see it anywhere in that number. I'm just taking straight up middle there. So that's why I'm going four. I think the Phillies can win one of Nola's and Wheeler's turn, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won both. I think that is the luxury of being the Phillies and having what they have in, in terms of those two horses at the front of your rotation. But I just think that the Braves are – just good. Uh, like I said, I mean, they're, they're battle tested, you know, they're, they, 
are better, more talented with the grit and what won them the World Series last year. You know, it'll be interesting to see how Spencer Strider handles the moment. He's an emotional pitcher. He gets a little emotional on the mound. You know, sometimes that's good and bad um, for for different pitchers. And some guys, can, you look at an Alec Manoa, he kind of crumbled. He's very animated, very emotional. When those guys are young, they almost get too emotional, right? You always mm-hmm. have to, to rein those guys in. Whereas Luis Castillo is very emotional. Joe Musgrove is very emotional, but these guys, like what was the, what was, what did we say? We, I think we said it on here. What did Joe Musgrove look like on the mound? He was emotional, but you could see it in his eyes. His heart rate was just yeah. like, he, he was just yeah. like, it didn't matter. It was white noise to him. And he was just like, here it is, get it. So, you know, if you get Spencer Strider to be the, oh, like I, you know, like he had those comments, obviously talking about, we'll see him in the playoffs, which sorry, Mets fans, you're not going to see him again um, until next year, but well, for the next six years too, um, speaking of that, but um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he handles that moment. But then you follow it up, whether you go Max Freed before him or Max Freed after him, you know, it's just a, it's just a good team. So uh, I'm taking the Braves in between three to five. That's such a cop out, but <laughs> Braves four. in four, you know, standard deviation to the mean gives me four. Um, Real quick. You don't have to explain X factors for both teams. X factor for the Braves, Ronald Acuna. Um, you weren't there last year. Your your Atlanta Braves baseball, now that Freddie Freeman's gone, you've had a rough year, you're coming back from the injuries. Those are all acceptable excuses for, for having a down year for him. He is still going to be a burgeoning superstar. He's still going to be the, one of the faces of baseball and competing for MVPs. Now it's your time. You can have a bad year if you have a good October. Nobody remembers it. And that's just plain and simple. This could be Ronald Acuna's true, true coming out. I'm the guy. I I am the most talented player to grace this earth right now. Coming out moment and and for the Phillies, you know, yeah, I hate to go with something similar, so I'm going to be a little bit different. But Ranger Suarez is is going to be if he can give you a big game one. If he can really set the tone and give you a big game one, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if if he goes six and gives up two earned runs. The Phillies are going to think they're going to win this series in three games. I guarantee it. Yeah, um, I got Braves in five. I think the Phillies do win the Nola Wheeler starts. I just think the way you watch them throw, I just think they're we're, uh, it, the confidence when those guys now take the ball. What Nola's done in the last two, the confidence they have every time Wheeler takes the ball. They both have had six, a lot of success against Atlanta. They know Atlanta. They're good. Uh, so give me give me the Braves in, in five, though, because the Braves are just the better team. And, and the other starts, I just don't see the Phillies doing. Even if Suarez holds them in check in game one, it turns into a bullpen game. And I just think the Braves will find a way to win at home, especially. And then when you get into games four and five, what are the Phillies even going to do with their pitching? So yeah, great that's that, scary. That, that they're going to have a 2-1 lead, but I don't think even with a 2-1 lead, I wouldn't feel good about it. Like if the Phillies don't get yeah. it. It's almost like the Cardinals series. Like if they have to use too many guys, I don't like their chances. So if it goes beyond a Philly sweep, which I don't see possible, although I think they'll still take it to five, I don't see – like I, I think the avenue almost is worse. Um, yeah. And for, for the Braves, I think the, the, the key factor is Strider. If Strider can take the ball in one of these games, even if it's not till game four or five, because he's still trying to, he's on the mend, right? He had the oblique issue. Okay. Like, Spencer Strider has owned the Phillies this year. He's a 1 2 7 ERA and 21 in the third innings pitch with 34 punch outs. 34. Yeah. So if they give him the ball, like, I know Charlie Morton's good. 
the Phillies have put together good at bats and big and have a couple big games against Morton this year where they've blown them out with him on the mound. So they're not worried about him. And then obviously Kyle Wright, like he's won 21 games, but he's got a pitch against Wheeler. So if Strider though can throw and he's good to go, and all of a sudden the Braves are down two one and all Strider's healthy, we're going to let him throw in Game Four. Like that's when I think the series turns. As far as the Phillies go, like it's same thing with the Padres. If you're going to upset a team, I need my best player to be my best player, and I need I need some hero- heroic moments for him from him. And so Bryce Harper, right? He hit the big homer to give him the lead in Game Two. I need that to like f- be the switch that's flipped. He had another hit later in the game, got thrown out trying to stretch it, but like. Need you, need you now. Three, be the MVP. Yeah, definitely. So we both have the Braves and the Dodgers. Let's see if we we. I don't think we're going to fall third all here. I don't. <laughs> think it might be the difference in games, but we're going to go chalk, which is boring. But that's just who we are. Um, Astros, Mariners. Um, I'm just so excited. One, the Astros in the playoffs are just a, a, a force, and it's so fun to see what gets swept up in their wake. But man, right now the Mariners are just awesome. The Mariners are so yeah. cool. Uh, they're so much fun, and they're my favorite team in baseball right now. Um, obviously, I'm a Phillies fan, but the Mariners are just incredible. Uh, Astros are 12 and seven against the Mariners this year. Obviously, they've also played 19 times, so it'll be interesting to see. What do you got? The Astros are really good. You know, they're they're deep. They're battle tested. They've been there, done that. <laughs> Their pitching is, you know, they could sit out Justin Verlander and Lance McCullers, and I'd still think be comfortable with the with the arms that they they decide to start. That's how good they are, That's and scary. that bullpen that bullpen is potentially their best piece at this point moving you know when you're going to move a guy from the starting rotation a guy like Connor Brown to the pen and, and get some length out of him and, or, or Quiddy's going to go to the pen too or, yeah and he's obviously like you know you have a bad start you turn to him in the second and and limit the de- damage where you don't feel like you have to send a guy out there who obviously doesn't have his best stuff just that so I think their bullpen might be the best part of their team and and that's factoring the fact that they have the best starting pitching of any team left and you know they have potentially one of the best lineups in in baseball and so that's obviously going to be the narrative the young bucks the the house money that we talk about with with the mariners and you know i just think they're playing good baseball right you know being able to battle back from 8-1 and and win that game that was that was cool that was awesome that shows their how much fun and how little pressure they feel as a group right they didn't go down 8-1 and go oh the pressure the the feeling of being in Seattle and right. the whole city being on our backs right now did not get to them in that moment like it, there was no demons it was just chip chip away, chip away, good at bat, stack, good at bat, stack, good at bat, get outs from your bullpen and and roll, you know, and roll. But it, to me, I, I think that's going to be the last positive that happens to the Mariners this playoff series is, it's again, it's just, I mean, I already had them having, winning one game and getting eliminated by the Blue Jays. So maybe I'm just a Mariners hater. Uh, but I, I just, I, I not. don't think, I, I don't think that, that they're going to put up much of a fight against because I'll, 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 I'll say it. I'll say it this this way myself. Um, I love the Mariners. I just got done saying that, and I'll get this out of the way quick. I got the Astros in three. I got the Astros in three too. 
I think you just the way you the way you just laid it out was perfect, and I don't know how much more needs to be said. I mean, we will obviously talk more more in depth than that, but like the the best part about the Astros is their bullpen, and they have the best starting pitching left in the playoffs. And then yeah. the Mariners just aren't deep enough to match up with that. So even if you go out there and look, Logan Gilbert is a two five ERA in twenty five innings this year with twenty two strikeouts against the Astros. It's the most strikeouts this year against the Astros for any one pitcher outside of uh, the New Age Babe Ruth. Right? Otani punched out forty five. Which if you want to know how Jesus. insane Otani is, right? Right? Exactly. Um, but like, so they have a shot. And again, I said it on. I think I said it last night. Like I really like the Mariners pitching. Maybe I said it on Friday. I like the Mariners pitching a lot. I do. Like I like the fact that Logan Gilbert has had the success against against them. Obviously, Luis Castillo, he he can dominate anyone. Anyone doesn't matter. Give me your the best lineup you think's left in the playoffs, and I think Castillo can beat them. But I just again, I don't like. I they have some good arms in that bullpen. Munoz is nasty. They piece it together. They're, I like that they're using Kirby out there because I think that's a good role for him in, in Brash the playoffs. as well. Matt Br- like really good stuff, just not enough. Not enough, and especially yeah. when you look at the, the – uh, then you look turn around and look at the offense. Like, again, I like how the Mariners put their offense together, but how am I supposed to match up with – like how am I supposed to compare those lineups? Like Astros yeah. pitching versus the Mariners lineup and the Mariners pitching versus the Astros lineup, it's just not enough. And, again, if we get – if we're even if we're playing close games early, which I, I – Honestly, I'm sorry, Mariners fans. I think these games have a chance to get out of hand early. Um, I really do. You know, be over by the fourth, fifth inning where it's just like the Astros put it in cruise control. But if it is tight down the stretch, like Montero and Presley and Naris and Brown and Urquidy and, and it's just like God. And then you got Jordan Alvarez and Altuve and Bregman and Tucker all coming up in big spots against your bullpen. It's just it. It's not a matchup. It's not a good matchup. And I know they beat them seven times this year, but the Astros were in cruise control like the Dodgers this year. For once, the Yankees started to slip after the All Star break. The Astros have been in cruise for the rest of the season, and they are so focused and locked in. You could see it after the Phillies clinch on their field, like Verlander goes out and and goes. You know, eight no hit innings, and then the next night the Phillies are shut out through the the first seven innings, and it's just like, oh, like yeah. it, it was like this Astros team is just unbelievable. They're so deep, they're so good. Like I think they're better than the Dodgers. To me, this is the best team left. This is the best team. If you win the World Series, you're gonna have to beat the Astros to do it. One hundred percent. I. I... You forgot to say Ryan Stanek, who throws. And Ryan Stanek, you can't name them all. You can't name them all. all. Like, there's somebody that's really good that's being left off their roster. Like, really, really, like, unbelievably good. That that is just being like, hey man, we'll maybe we'll need you in the NLCS. Thanks for coming out and pitching to a one four for us this whole year. Sorry, like we have. 15 other dudes that can do it. And it's just, like you said, I, I imagine, you know, a one, nothing win to close out this series went or one, nothing win against Luis Castillo. I think Luis Castillo can shut him down, but where are the Mariners scraping together runs? Where are they getting it? You know, I just think that I, I, I don't imagine like if the Mariners give me, could give like three runs with the Luis Castillo start, I'm confident. I don't see him getting three runs in, quite frankly, any games. 
Like, I just don't like, I, I would be hard pressed. I would be shocked if they could scrape together a, you know, one, three run inning through these, through three games. Cause that's right. how, cause if Lance McCullers loses it, you get the next guy and they can go like, they could have a starter come out in the second and go seven deep with seven different guys pitching one inning. So like you could even, you could scrape together a couple, you could chip away if they're starter, you could hit a big home run. He could be rattled. He could get the moment could get to him. Seattle could be rocking everything like that. And they could still just be like, here's your kitty. Here's Hunter Brown. Here's Luis Presley. Garcia. Here's guy Luis Garcia. Here's Stanek. Here's Neris. Here, like the whole way. And you're like another guy who throws a hundred. Another guy with a gross split finger. Another guy with a gross slider. Another guy who spins it. Another guy who sinks it. And you're just like, where where are your hits? Where are your hits coming from? Where are your big hits? Their bullpen does not give up the long ball either. They don't. No. They just flat out don't. None of those guys do. And I, I just don't know where you're getting your runs against against this team. And you ask this starting staff to only really need 15 outs? Yeah. Give me your key. Give me your X factors. Uh, my X factors for the Mariners would be just baseball gods, <laughs> prayers, <laughs> prayers from above. To be honest with you, I, I just think that. Like he said, the Astros were in cruise control. They knew they knew they were going to make the playoffs on April third. Right. Like they just knew it. Like the right. Angels were in first place for whatever amount of time that was, and Month, they just didn't yeah. care. Yeah, like they they knew they were going to. They they've been building up for this moment for that long, and you know I just think the Mariners are one or two big pieces away from even putting up a fight against this Astros team. And and it would have to take two two pieces being taken away from this Astros group. I think the Mariners have been a great story. The future's unbelievably oh, bright. Sure. I love that they uh, locked up Luis Castillo. George Kirby's, you know, his second half was just unbelievable. He's, he pounds the zone with really good stuff. He's he's going to be, you know, unbelievable for the next couple of years for them. Logan Gilbert's been great. I do love Robbie Ray. Just great. Like they, they're trending in a, in a phenomenal direction. But when, when it's Julio Rodriguez and then Cal Raleigh, Eugenio Suarez, like that, that just doesn't cut it for me. They needed. They needed Jared Kalanick to be the number two prospect to to start to push the Astros. Like, and we can talk about that down the road a little bit. What they need, but they're just not there yet. And then for the Astros, it's it's I would say Jordan Alvarez and really any of the offensive guys: Bregman, Alvarez, Tucker. Tucker's just. Tucker is the most underrated player and he's 30, 30. Like it, it is unfathomable that people don't talk about him in MVP elite of the elite conversation because he really is one of the best baseball players in the, in the world right now. And he's just overshadowed because he plays for Houston and you have the big names, the Bregmans, the Altuves, the Alvarez's. And then there's just Kyle Tucker hitting five hole with 30 pumps and 30 bags. And you're just like, who's this guy? So really any of those, those three 
they need a couple big hits basically. So if you can, whether it's any of the trio from that, from that group, you know, when people get on, they need big hits to put these games away. Cause they know they can't give the Mariners life. And if they step on the throats, win game one, go up early game two, you need somebody okay. to come up, put one yeah. into the, into the Crawford boxes or, or go pull Jack there and, and just put this game away. I got the Astros in three. Yeah. I, I mean, Thanks for doing my explanation. My key for my, my X factor for the Astros is, is Tucker. Like you said, you're gonna need someone to do to do the to to come up with the big hits and and take over. And I I, I like him. I like him in the matchup against them because it's gonna be a bunch of righties um, outside of Ray that they're gonna throw at you. And I just like everything about Kyle Tucker. Like you said, uh, on the other side, it's the starting pitching. You need some heroic starts if you're the Mariners on the mound. If you can just like completely nullify the Astros and any chance of winning a game in this series, it's going to have to be one nothing or two one. And you know, again, go back to how the Phillies beat them last week with Nola to clinch. He retired the first twenty guys he faced. So you need a heroic effort like that out of a starting pitcher to be able to to kind of compete in the series. So for the Mariners, it's a starter. For the Astros, it's Tucker because all the righties and you know Altuve, Bregman, like the give me Tucker. And Astros in three, like I said before. All right, Yankees and Guardians, the youngest team in baseball this year, the Guardians. They sweep. They pitch. They're their own kind of fun and exciting versus the team with probably the most expectations left now that the Mets are home. Uh, Yankees were 5-1 and one against the Indians this year. Guardians, Yankees were 5-1. and one. How many years until that's not – like? At the wedding this weekend, we were talking baseball, and everyone was doing it too. Like, I don't know yeah. anyone who, who can do it unless you're employed by Major League Baseball. Well, I'll tell you that you, I told you this story that I ran into a guy in a hotel. I was mm-hmm. eating lunch in a hotel. It, for anybody that cares to want to know why I eat lunch in a hotel, just text me personally. We don't need to talk <laughs> about that in there. But the, the, um, they were an uh, Indian or Guardians affiliate was in Fayetteville at the time. And, you know, one of their mental performance coaches was there. And that was the first question I asked him because it, I think we had just recorded a podcast. I had slipped up, said, you were nails the first podcast. I was like, dude, that was yeah. awesome. Good for you. Credit you. And then I, I slipped up and I asked him, I was like, how long did it take you to, to say the Guardians instead of Indians? He was like, I'm new. Like, so I was hired by the guardians technically he was like but the people that have been with the organization for a long time he's like it is so hard for them it's awful to adjust especially because they didn't switch colors they didn't switch anything anything but their name yeah that's it and so it's just like i i see their uniforms and i I still like i would i watch them playing like without like reading it i think their uniforms say indians yeah, Same because your brain tells you it should. Right. Yeah, it's like your brain fills it in with the what you think supposed to be there. You know, uh, it's unbelievable. Um, what do you got on this series? You know, obviously, like you said, the Yankees have a ton of pressure. Um, Garrett Cole has a ton of pressure. You know, the Aaron Judge, Josh Donaldson, John Carlo, DJ. 
There's a ton of pressure on each and every one of these guys to perform, and everything they do is going to be magnified. If they win in four, but one of those guys doesn't perform, is the headline going to be um, Yankees win in four in a great team effort, or is it going to be John Carlos Stanton doesn't show up and Garrett Cole gives up another late home run. You, everybody knows how it goes in that market. Everybody knows how it goes with that fan base. Everybody knows how it goes. You know, Garrett Cole, you have to be perfect for, to get like, he, they can't, he can't go six innings, three runs and win five and have a Yankees win five to three. Cause they're going to be like, he's not a big game pitcher and he's going to feel that pressure and that burden breathing down his back. And, you know, everybody knows how Aaron judge is going to get treated. You know, I don't think the, I don't think the guardians pitchers are going to shy away from him. No, I don't think they're going to let him beat him, but I don't think they're going to shy away. I think he's going to get some pitches to hit. And, and obviously he's going to have to keep continuing to be the MVP of the, of the world that he's been for, for obviously this whole year. But, you know, from the guardians perspective is, your pitching has to do it. I just, you know, it, are they going to score enough runs? You, this is not the Rays lineup, right? This is not, you know, even like Harrison Bader would hit two for the Rays, like to put into perspective of how bad the Rays lineup was for stretches this year that, you know, you're not just going to be able to throw Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie and think that they're just going to go shut out. So you have to get some runs. I don't think Tristan McKenzie and, and Shane Bieber are going to give up six or seven, but I think they're going to give up three. I, I think they're going to give up a, an, a crooked number somewhere along the way. And it's going to be a matter of, can they score enough? Can they scratch enough runs across? It, it'll be interesting to see because in my opinion, I feel like they're overmatched. They're young. The moment of that stadium, you know, everybody knows it's not old Yankee stadium, but it gets loud and those people are crazy and they are all over you. So does that lineup, can they handle that? It's a lot different than, than Cleveland. It's a lot different than the atmospheres that they've played in the central. And, you know, obviously the Yankees have handled him in six games this year. So, you know, I think the guardians are overmatched, but I think they have a better chance to win some games because I do think their pitching staff is capable of dominating at any given moment. I don't know. This is the series that I have the least amount of feel for. Yeah, I agree. This series is just so fascinating to me because the Guardians are, are like truly just – it feels like they might be too young and dumb to even understand what they're doing. And I love that. And then on the other side, the pressure is just so much on the Yankees. Now, I have a hard time seeing the Guardians winning the series, but I, I also – have a hard time seeing the Yankees doing it with ease because of the fact that, and, and it, because of the pressure and, and like the Yankees haven't played a postseason game. We just had a wild card round. What's been one of the biggest headlines of the weekend? Roldis Chapman misses misses a team workout and isn't on the roster. Now, I think we're both in agreement that he probably wasn't going to be on the on the roster, so he didn't show up to the team workout. So that's why they're the reasoning, but whatever, like. Because they're the Yankees, that's been in the headlines. <laughs> and they didn't even play. They haven't even played. Like, and, and that just, to me, that just goes to, I'm like, the Guardians are starting their, like, who who do you think has the better ERA in the starting pitching matchup in, in, in game one? Well, Garrett Cole's pitching for the Yankees, so it might be, might be yeah. Garrett Cole. It would probably be Garrett Cole, right? 
No, it's yeah, Cal Quantrill, who's the three, who's yeah. fifteen and five with a three three eight. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa. Yeah. What? Now, again, Cal Quantrill, Cal Quantrill doesn't have a three three eight ERA against the Yankees, right? But still, like I just don't know. I, I have a really hard time seeing how the Guardians win this series, and I would just be like, wow, both those Mets fran- or those New York franchises are like Wow, but I, mm-hmm. again, I just don't know what I don't know what to feel about it because it's it's almost scary if you're the Yankees because yeah. it's just like can you imagine can you could you imagine if they lose this series to this Guardians team what would happen and again that just me sitting here saying that even though I'm a I'm a nobody like the pressure then then like you have to really come together as a clubhouse if you're the Yankees you have to really put your blinders on for the next month whatever it takes to potentially win the world series because man it, it would be wild wild yeah everything they do in that franchise in that city is a lose lose situation lose lose Aroldis Chapman's the world not. Series. Yeah, Arald, even then they would probably have their gripes. But Aroldis <laughs> Chapman's left off the playoff roster. Scott F. Ross blows one save this series. Boone's Boone's an idiot, right? Even though Aroldis Chapman you get, stinks, that's and what you get for not having Chapman on the right. Exactly. Even though Chapman doesn't deserve to be on the roster, he's probably not a good enough human being to, you know, he's lucky he's still in baseball with, with some of the baggage that he's brought in, into, you know, the Dodgers backed away a trade from the Reds because obviously what happened with him. And if he wouldn't throw 105 miles per hour, I'm sure, you know, if he was just your average Joe, he probably wouldn't even be a name that we even recognize anymore. Right. But, you know, it, it's just everything they do is, you know, Garrett Cole. He's one of the best pitchers in the world for the first five innings. He's always good for a two-run, three-run home run with a four-to-one lead, and then that's what's ballooned his ERA this year. If you watch any Garrett Cole start, if you go look at the box scores, if you go look at the play-by-plays, it's five dominant innings with nine strikeouts, and then he punches out two, walk, homer, 4-3 game. So Garrett Cole, can we keep that momentum going? Because now, according to New York, he's not a big game pitcher, which again, I'm so glad we make narratives on big game pitchers in September when you've had the division locked up since February 15th when you're the Yankees. But that's that's the narrative, and that's the pressure that this organization has to deal with on a daily basis. And Yep. I don't. I don't wish it on anybody. I, I. I hate to say I feel bad for them because you're professional athletes, but I do because it's not fair. You know, if they lose this series to the Guardians, Boone's probably getting fired and Judge is a giant. It's like, yeah. Could you imagine? Could right. you imagine the fall? The fall from grace. That's what and, I'm saying. Kind of how that unfolds. It's. It, it would be unreal. Like the the pressure to to have a hundred plus win team multiple years to make the playoffs to to make the the ALDS in twenty seventeen to make it multiple times and have really good teams for all these years and to never be enough. Right? Like, could you imagine right. never being enough for the majority of that franchise? And obviously, they expect excellence. But I even think that it's at the point now where especially the younger New York fans, the people that I've interacted with, the people that I see, the people that I know that tell me stories about the people that they interact with, it's not even, oh, we expect the best standard. Like these people are just bred to not be happy. 
and to complain and to be negative and to just hate everything and, and always have a problem with anything. So it doesn't matter what this team does. It's not going to be, if they go five, it's going to be, you went five with the lowly guardians. Just be happy. You want a playoff series against a really good baseball team and well coached. You know, that's, that's why you went five. It's not because <laughs> you suck or whatever. I, I think they, I mean, I, I really do think they would have had more of World Series recently because in our society today, that pressure is so much more prevalent and so much more present in front of you every day. They would have won one since this stretch that Booney's been there if it wasn't for their, their, I'm thinking of adjectives that aren't very nice, but you know, not very right. nice fan base. Right. And, and I do right. think that that pressure, accumulates for these guys and for this organization for sure yeah it, it'll be i don't know if, if i can't imagine the fallout here if they lose this series and i don't necessarily know that there needs to be any i really don't no it like doesn't. guardians are a bad team their lineup doesn't really hold a candle to the Yankees. but then again the yankees lineup has been so hit or miss since july oh, man um real we're running long here so give me just real quick x factors and prediction yeah, Garrett Cole's got to set the tone. Um, he's got to go deep. He's got to carry his his velo. He's got to carry his yep. stuff. You know, I I I feel like I've leaned towards starters a lot this time. I think the longer the series get, the more important the starters become as a whole, and especially being able to get maybe Cole in one, closing out three or four, you know, on short rests or something like that. He could be a really big X factor in this series. And um, that's the and disadvantage just, they have. Starting yeah. pitching. So you need Garrett Cole to be yeah. the ace. If Garrett Cole loses to Cal Quantrill, even if it's a two to one loss, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. I they're think they are trouble. in trouble. And I, mean, and I think I, I think Nestor Cortez is a very good pitcher. I think Luis Severino's stuff looked crisp recently. Um, but it'll be up to to Garrett Cole's gotta set the tone. And then J Ram, you know, he's going to have to be a, be a stud right now. And, and the guys around him are going to have to, again, J Ram can hit two home runs, but if it's two solo shots, Yankees are winning this in three. Plain and simple. Yep. If, yep. J, if nobody's on when J Ram gets his big hits, Yankees are walking through this series and we're going to see two, three game series and two really good series in the NL. Um, and then it's just going to be the, the, the destiny, but I'm going, I'm going to go Yankees in five. I do think that Bieber and McKenzie and this bullpen, I think the Yankees could blow one, not saying their bullpen's not good, but it's not, not the big name battle tested group that, that it's been. Um, it won't I be Scotty and Frost that, to do it. I know that. No, nah, I love that guy, but if, <laughs> I, I give the advantage to the Indians in the bullpen too, because yes. of what class A and Guardians, because of what Karen yes. check. Sorry. Gosh, darn. Um, <laughs> because so of what Karen Chack and Classe can do, um, in in if that lineup can, you know, I think that's where the Yankees are going to get. Uh, is two guys get on on one of their young relievers who who the moment gets too big, and then J Ram clips them, and next thing you know, you're down four one. Yeah. Um. Look, X factors for me for the Guardians. It's Bieber. Go win game two. Just go win game two. Steal one in New York. Anything can happen from there. Go win game two. Do it. And and he can. If he goes out there and does yeah. that again, it's not the Rays lineup, but go out there and do it again. He's confident. He's feeling good. Go out there and do it again. And who knows what happens from there again. I just have no feel for this. 
for the Yankees, you have all this pressure. Everybody knows how good Judge is. You've been talked about Garrett Cole ad nauseum. Like I said before, the clubhouse needs to come together. They need to be able to block it out. They got a guy in that clubhouse who's a leader and who's won a World Series. And that's why I would like to set the tone in this first series for them to get them through this series, and that's Anthony Rizzo. I mean, if he yep. can just if, if he can if he can find the short porch a couple times, if he can come up with a huge hit in the late innings, he's going to play good defense. If he can be the calming influence for some of these guys who are feeling some of the pressure and when they need a big hit, if he can be the one to come through, I think that's going to really just make it so hard for the Guardians to win the series. I think if, Bieber does get it done in game two. Go ahead. I was just going to say, this is my hunch. I'm going to ask your opinion on it. If Anthony Rizzo has a big series and is that calming present, how many games is it? Three. Because I think I think it goes three, 100%. That's what, that's if what I'm If he can do that, they, just, they, they roll right through here, and then, and then we'll see roll next right round against here. the Astros. Yep. But, if, they lean off, if they lean on Rizzo, I think. But I, I, I see that I see it's New York, and in the way this Yankee season is going, they're going to lose Game Two. Everyone's going to be in a panic. They're going to think they're going to go get swept in, in Cleveland, and then they're just going to roll in Cleveland. So I got the Yankees in four. Um, yeah, and I think they make it look relatively easy towards the end of this series. I think the first two games are tight, and they lose Game Two, and then I think they make it look easy in Cleveland. I really do. Yeah, I like that. All right. We'll, we'll we'll check in and see how everybody's doing later in the week. We'll see how these series are doing. We'll see if we look dumb, if we look smart, or, or, or what. Um, tomorrow, Tuesday, everybody opens up. First first game of the DS is the Phillies and Braves at 107. Um, and it should be a lot of fun from there. It's, that's going to start everyone off, and it's going to just keep getting better and better. Um, yep. You got anything else? Nope. Enjoy the baseball. Big week for from my perspective. I'm going to be completely out of commission this weekend. I got one yeah. thing on my mind, and it's not playoff baseball. Penn State no. traveling to Ann Arbor, the big house, yeah. and to expose we're going to be. I can't wait. Hopefully, I would be. I would be happy. Plus, my my amazing fiance has her white coat ceremony, so she's getting one it's step a huge closer weekend. to being a doctor. Huge weekend. Huge so, weekend. Um, and I didn't realize she was on the other side of the door. So pat on the back for me for getting brownie points when she was putting yep. laundry in. Wow, I'm a rolling shout right out now. Fire me up! Absolutely, seriously, it's incredible. So, uh, she's gonna have that. So I'll be out of baseball world this weekend. So you're gonna have to catch me up when we when we get to that point. Happily, uh, everyone, take care and enjoy the enjoy the series.